0: Our desires tonight amen Jesus revealed in you and I tonight maybe you could just keep playing that brother Benjamin uh, maybe brother Joe you could bring up our first slide I just um, last evening we've been uh, out to the ocean there near Blaine we've uh, been listening trying to finish the Hebrews uh, book and our family and we normally Listened to it in our living room. But we said it's a nice evening. So we went out to the water there. And the very first um, paragraph. Brother Branham. um, Mentioned. I wanted to share with you. He said brother. A long time ago. Before the world was ever. Had a foundation to it. God through his eternal grace. He looked down. And by foreknowledge, He's seen you and I. He knew what age we'd live in. He knew what we would be. Therefore, by election, He chose us before the foundation of the world to be with Him without spot. Is that fantastic? Before even the world, God knew you and I. And He predestinated us. He knew we would love Him. He knew we would be here tonight. And He knew that we would come into a place without spot, without wrinkle, or any such thing. He knew right where you would be sitting tonight and what would be going through your life and all the fine print and all the details. Jesus, He knows all about that. So I wanted to share that with you. Amen. Let's stand tonight and we'll go right to the Word. Thank you, musicians, all of you. We appreciate You tonight. Amen. Romans chapter 12 we will turn to the scripture. And then John chapter 6. This is a very busy time of the year, June. And individuals and families and uh, even our church body, a lot of students and exams and finals and tests, a lot of stress. And so uh, we want church to be a place where you can come let off the pressure. And uh, I know there's a lot of that happening this week and, and these days. A lot of events going on and things and we're crowded in with a lot of things. But let's just settle in tonight and let the Lord minister to us. Can we do that? Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. This is a real familiar scripture. Brother Bram read this in Power of Transformation. And when we look at this, in verse 2 especially, we see that we can only really know God's will after we're transformed. Up until then, we're just probing, pushing, going with the flow. But it's only when we're transformed and God does something in our lives that we can find that will of God. John chapter 6, verse 37. I went back and... uh, I uh, just looked at my notes from Sunday night because I knew Brother Tim had read out of John 6. I just wanted to make sure we weren't repeating. But these are other verses. John 6, 37, down to verse 40. Uh, Jesus said, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise or no case cast out. For I came down from heaven... Not to do mine own will. But the will of him that sent me. And this is the father's will. Which hath sent me. That of all. Which he hath given me. I shall lose nothing. But shall raise it up again. At the last day. We believe that. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why he's raising you up. Because you're part of him. Verse 40. And this is the will Of him that sent me, that everyone, everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. If you notice John 6, Jesus and then Paul in Romans 12. They're speaking about the will of God and being transformed. In verse 39, Jesus said, this is the Father's will. Which hath sent me, that all which he hath given me, I shall lose nothing. Amen. And in verse 40, when he spoke about this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will. I will raise him up at the last day. So everything about the transformation is of God. For you to find his will for your life, for my. Uh, God's will for my life, this has to do with the will of the Father and the will of the Bride becoming the same thing. And God's not going to lose one of us along the road. I I just feel tonight we just ought to be able to say praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, He knows everything about us. Everything's been predestinated and by His foreknowledge. But that don't make us floaters. That just makes us say, Lord, if I'm ordained... And I'm called of you. There's a purpose for my life. And you're very near to us. Lord Jesus, bless your word tonight, Lord. I noticed every song that Brother Ryan led us in had the word heart in it. And that's what we're speaking on tonight, a heart transformation. I pray for those that have had that experience that you would anoint their lives tonight. And if there be some among us that need a heart transformation, even while the word is being ministered from your heart to our heart, that something, a dynamo, a fire would begin to move within their soul, come up through their spirit, come up through their body, Maybe a little weeping, a little crying, a little lifting of the hand, a little praise the Lord, a little hallelujah could come from a heart that is maybe going in another way. But by the hearing of your word and your presence, you could touch us, Lord, in a way that this world can never touch us. Lord, we love your appearing. We love when you come even on a Wednesday night. Even in a busy June time of tests and schools and exams and many families are under a lot of stress, Lord. There's deadlines. But I pray that in the cool of the evening, the Holy Spirit would settle upon Cloverdale Bible Way and lift our hearts up into heavenly places. Feed us tonight in these pastures so green. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can have your seats. Thank you. Just two words tonight for our title. Heart transformation. Heart transformation. And I was thinking today of what the Bible says in Acts 13 verse 48. When the Bible says, When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. So only those that are ordained... ...to eternal life can believe. So tonight we're not pushing and trying to bring something to pass. It's those that are ordained to the rapture are being caught away. Those that are going to heaven are leaving. There's been a a separation from worldly politics... ...and the economics... ...and even science and education. What it's trying to tell you and I that we've got to have it... ...or we've got to have this to be successful... When we hear the word of God, it's going the opposite way. It's taking us up and the world is falling apart. So right in the midst of this tonight, there's a thankfulness in our hearts and an appreciation that God has given you a believing heart. Do we agree there? God God has given you a reception, a believing heart. As it says in the book of Acts, they glorified God. We, We give glory to God tonight that he put a predestinated seed inside of us with desire. Amen. He put a seed down there that when we heard the word of this hour, we couldn't do nothing less but respond to it. We love the word. And even those that might not be where they ought to be tonight, God is doing a short, quick work, whether it's Uganda, Ethiopia, China, or happens at Cloverdale Bible Way. And wherever these services go, God is collecting his seed. The desire is there. He's just cultivating that and working with it. If you'd like to turn to Romans chapter 12 now as we settle into our thought tonight of uh, Paul speaking in Romans 12, 1 and 2. So I looked this up today to and the amplified and I, I put it on the screen for you. Romans 12, 1 and 2, as we speak about this transformation, Paul said, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, Consecrated and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. This is Paul speaking like this. Remember, he was a very intellectual brother. Do not be conformed to this world, this age. Fashioned after and adapted to its external and superficial customs. I think we can say amen. I don't want to be conformed to that, God. But be transformed. Look at that word again. Transformed or changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So we're seeking out our our salvation with fear and trembling. And this is what Paul was talking about in verse 2, about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. It means to change or to change into another form. Transformation, to transform or transfigure. It means to change one's attitude to match the mind of God. Changing an attitude to match the heart of God. It's changing. We are being transformed, transfigured into the very heart of God, into the character of Jesus Christ. Even tonight as we are hearing the word and a year ago, we're different than we were a year ago or six months ago. We're being transformed. God's changed our attitudes. We're moving into the heart of God, the word of God. That's what Paul was speaking about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now when Brother Branham uh, in this message, Power of Transformation... It's one of the October 31st, 1965, just a few weeks left in Brother Branham's ministry. And he's in Prescott, Arizona and reads the opening scripture that we've just read together. And he's speaking about uh, this in his opening comments. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to do the perfect and acceptable will of God. Now we're just going to take a a curve right here and, and just move around a corner. He said, now that we have been saved, who's been saved tonight? God's brought you to this experience. Now that we have been saved as we are and that we have been filled with the Holy Spirit as we have, now we want the mind that was in Christ to be in us that we might be transformed from the natural things of life and be brought in to do the perfect will of God. By transformation of God's spirit by his word. So tonight I'm not just speaking a salvation message. Brother Brown is showing us that we have been saved. We have been filled with the Holy Spirit. But now we want the mind that was in Christ to be in us. And we want to be transformed or continue to be transfigured from natural things of life. And be brought into the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. By his spirit and by his word. So that's the channel. That's the vehicle. God is going to pick you up and just take you where you need to be tonight. And in your journey, it's surrendering. It's yielding. It's letting God reveal what his will is for your life. He's talked about how he was getting older. He was 56 years old in this service. He said, now that since I'm getting old and Uh, He said, I am old and I've been through many hard battles and through hard trials. He's talking like this. But he's talking about how he used to work for the public service company. Now, just for a few moments, I'm going to speak about this transformation. Because he's applying that to, uh, just to give you an example Uh, of the public service company that he worked for. We had transformers. And to transform. It means to transform means to change something from one thing to another. We have brothers in our church that work in the power uh, companies or in that industry. They have transformers. Brother Branham was bringing something natural and showing that spiritual, there must be a change. There's got to be something happen in our hearts. Not just our minds, but our hearts. So what did Paul mean when he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind? That has to do with your understanding. It has to do with the faculties of how you perceive things. It has to do with even your feelings about a certain thing. As the bride doesn't go by our feelings, but the word dictates to us where we're going with this. It has to do with how we judge matters. How we determine things, whether that's of the Holy Ghost or whether that's just a feeling or just a natural thing. The bride has the mind of God. Be transformed. It has to do in a narrow sense. I'm taking this out of the Greek, out of what Paul had said. being transformed by the renewing of your mind has to do with spiritual uh, truth, your capacity. Remember, we need a transformer in us or we just blow up. There's no way that an individual could handle all the power of God flowing through them without the Holy Ghost. That's why people are blowing up today. They, they've never been transformed. And the power of the enemy comes through and they short circuit. And then they know they're not where they ought to be. And that's why they, they're committing suicide today. Even in the last several weeks. Whether it's designers that have just signed you know, millions of dollars worth of deals or sold their companies. Or whether it's famous chefs that have you know, been all over the globe and tasted this and have this in their family. And I noticed in each one of their cases they had young people and teenagers in their home. As Brother Tom said, what a shame to have if the adults that have all the money and the fame and popularity are telling the children that life's not worth living. Whether you have money or good looking or whether you... Then what's that saying to the new generation? I say, God help us. We needed a mind change. But we needed a heart change. It's not just the mind. We know the greatest battles in the mind But the heart is the greatest spiritual organ that we have. So Paul was speaking about our minds being changed and the powers of the soul being uh, nurtured and cultivated. Divine things being unleashed out of our hearts. We needed a nature change. And it brings out the goodness. uh, And it brings out a hatred for evil. It's the power to be able to consider and judge things soberly and calmly and impartially. That's the mind of Christ. Even as we work with one another tonight and as we work as a body, as we go forward, it's not just one, a man, one man show, and just, uh, but it's now a body. God operating through the body. So as we speak about transformation, I'm going to speak about the heart in just for a moment. But just to give you another example, he talked about the tadpole. Do you know what a tadpole is? It's, it's a little uh, animal that uh, it changes from a tadpole to a frog. It, but once it looked like a little cat, catfish. It swims around, it's got a head and a tail and everything like a catfish. Then after a while, he begins to lose his tail and he's transformed from one species to another. This is brother Branham talking about this. So he takes his job and brings in transformers. He talks about nature because he loved nature but he's bringing it to the congregation to bring a spiritual uh, renewing of our mind that the things that we once thought upon to be precious, I lay that aside and I'm transformed to something else, what you was one time to what you are now. Let me say it like this. What we are now to what we know God's word is calling for, that, that releases a desire to say, God, take me there. That's what the word does now. That's, well, that's what the, why we have Wednesday night services. Brother Branham is saying the renewing of your mind, the things that you once thought upon to be precious, you lay that aside to be transformed or changed to something else. What you was one time to what you are now. And the bride says, Lord, change me more. Change me more into your image. He said uh, this morning, um, he said we're trying to take a little step this morning to raise you up just a little bit higher. Sometimes he said we have to hit things, and I want you to hold on. That's a good word for us. Amen. As we come now into the heart, we've talked about transformation. It's a change. But now focusing on the heart, it's the biggest spiritual organ that we have as believers. I want you to think about that. And that's why Brother Branham in the church age book, I'm just laying a little foundation. Brother Branham said this messenger of Malachi 4 and Revelations 10, 7 is to do these two things. One, according to Malachi 4, he would turn the hearts of the children to their fathers. Not just their minds. But it would go through their minds, the greatest battle, and and God would take their heart. So in Malachi 4, when it says, I'll send to the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He says, he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. It has to do with the heart being changed. It's a heart change. And that was what was to happen. That was two things that this messenger was to do. He would turn the hearts of the children to the fathers. That's why I believe there's a, there's a revival that happens in every generation that the children and the young people needs a personal revelation of the word for their day. Not just their moms and dads or the pastor's revelation, but a personal revelation. And if they would ever get a heart transformation... Nothing of this world would be able to pervert them or move them in a negative trap. Do we believe that tonight? But number two, this messenger would reveal the mysteries of the seven thunders. And Revelations 10, which are the revelations contained in the seven seals, it will be these divinely revealed mystery truths that literally turn the hearts of the children to the Pentecostal fathers. So it's not going backwards, but it's taking an accumulation of all of that life and now putting it into manifested sons and daughters of God that's ready to go in a rapture. They've all had a heart transformation. Individually, separately. We're a body and we're a group, but God is dealing with us as individuals. Now, let's go into the heart now, the heart of the matter. We would say the heart of the matter. What is it? It's a heart transformation. Not just skin deep, not just skin deep, but the heart of it is going down deeper, not just scratching on the surface, but it's coming now to the heart. We speak about a natural heart and a spiritual heart tonight. When God begins to move upon an individual, move on a generation, move in a church, it can't just be scratching the surface and reforming it from the outside. It comes from the heart. It deals with things that are deep on the outside that comes out from the inside to the, uh, to the outside. So when you look at your heart tonight, that's a very important part of the body. In fact, you can actually be brain dead. But if your heart is still working and pumping you are still considered alive. And even you that know in our assembly and others that are in the medical field, your brain can actually stop functioning. You can have an injury or someone's brain actually stop and be brain dead, but if your heart is still working and pumping, you're still considered alive. I want you to think about this. Heart, it's the main organ of your life. But if your heart would ever stop Beating and pumping and working for a long period of time, that leads to death. Or we would say an individual, they passed away or they expired. It's because their heart stopped. You can afford to lose. I'm just bringing you through this now tonight to bring emphasis to your heart. You can afford to lose many organs of your body. They're very important to all of us, whether it's you could lose a kidney and still live. You can lose an arm or a leg like many that have fought wars or gone through accidents. They can lose a leg and still live. You can lose an arm or lose a foot or a finger. As I was with someone for lunch this past week and I saw their fingers and they just had little stubs and I asked them, You know, how long ago did that happen? You can lose a finger or lose a hand, but if you lose your heart, it's fatal. We would say it's terminal. They lost their heart. Now, I'm bringing this into the spiritual. You've all heard the phrase, don't lose your heart. Who's heard that before? Don't lose your heart. Or she lost her heart in that matter. Or, this is another subject, but she died of a broken heart, or he died of a broken heart. That's another subject. But when you see a person that has lost heart in the matter, or concerning a certain situation or a matter that they're going through, they just lost heart. They just gave up. Do you understand where we're going tonight? How the Holy Spirit would come to a person, whether natural or spiritual, a person can lose their heart spiritually and still be walking around. Still could be breathing, still could be having a natural life, going to church, having a family, passing grades, uh, getting good exam marks, or you know, achieving great things in their natural life. But if their spiritual heart has been lost, something's just not right for the believer. I mean, naturally, as we've said, if your heart stops, your natural life just ends, it stops, or it's suspended. But there's been many cases. Now as we just kind of come up now, there's been many cases where a heart stops for seconds or minutes or even for a space of time, but then it's restarted again. It's started again. And it's given new life. Who's heard of that before? You go down the airport and you see heart defibrillators. You're in a certain place where people exert themselves. And you see they have little things that can start the heart again. It doesn't mean that, that you say their heart stopped or they need help or they're in an emergency. It means that there's, been, there's help for a person if your heart would stop. And spiritually tonight, let it be proclaimed that if your heart has been stopped... God is here to give you new life again, to give you new hope, to give you a a new hold. Spiritually, if you've just lost hope in the matter and kind of given up, God is here to give you a transformation. And to that believer, I'm speaking to eagles tonight, where where there's like in that season of darkness and a storm and the clouds of God all over where a a sister or brother can just lose heart, that a vision comes breaking through. Something comes through the Darkness. Something begins to shatter away the clouds, where you just were going to roll over and just die, and you, uh, so naturally you maybe still continue on, but spiritually you'd say, "That person's lost heart." And the Holy Spirit comes and, and gives you a new day. It's like, "No, that's not my predestinated in for that person. There's a new day for them. There's a new beginning. It's like a spring day. I understand next week is the first day of summer. But if you look back into the, uh, as we go from winter into spring when it's rainy and cold. But it's like a spring day happening when you've had a lot of rain and a lot of miserable. And all of a sudden it's like the sun shines. It's like, wow, where did that come from? It was always there. But you've come into another season. You've come to another time when there's a breakthrough. Somebody caught you on that trail of life. Somebody went down that place and rescued you and took you to a place where they had some help and you recovered and you got back up on your feet again. And the devil was already rejoicing and signing your death warrant. And God says, No, there will be another sunrising, there will be a morning after this bad dream. After this nightmare that Satan's trying to tell you, you're going through and you're not going to wake up from. The Holy Spirit is reversing that. And he's saying, I'm going to give you a new heart. Hallelujah. It's like a renewal. It's like a reviving. A restoration begins to happen. And you might remember our last service. We spoke on another season of your life has arrived. Brother Tom has been speaking on further forward and perfection, not knowing that we were going through the Hebrews and listening to the very scriptures of Hebrews 6 when Paul said, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. And in that message, in Jeffersonville, he said, We're entering into another phase. We're entering into another phase. Phase one, phase two has to do with transformers. You that are electrical know that it has to do with transformation. And so now when he talked about moving into another phase, he says, now you brand a tabernacle. He's being very open with people. Oh, I know. We've had healings. That's wonderful. We've had visions. Oh, that's fine. he said, oh, you've had spiritual dreams. And sometimes they're not spiritual dreams. And sometimes, he said, we try to help the poor. We do what we can. Oh, that's all right, but that's not what we're talking about now. We're entering into another phase. So healings are fine. Visions are fine. Spiritual dreams are fine. But he said, we're not talking about that now. We're entering into another phase. And that's when he reads the scripture, leaving the doctrine." He said, oh, yes, we got the doctrine of Christ. We believe he was the son of God, a virgin born. How many believe that tonight? And even in 2018, speaking to a mature uh, assembly in the message, we believe Malachi 4. We're not struggling with still wondering, is the message right? Is Brother Brown and the prophet? I believe for many of you, most of you, it's been anchored down in there. But where it comes back to the question is our opening scripture. That our minds and our hearts be given to Christ so that He would be able to reveal and unfold His perfect will in your life and in my life. That's the adoption of sons. That's the maturity of the Word. So as further than healings and dreams and miracles and things, let us go on to perfection. I want to stop right here and say something. That our, our, our heart transformation takes place by the word of God and we have been empowered by expectation from the word of God the message of the hour has taken the scriptures and made it come alive to the bride of Christ and we have become empowered by that expectation and it's not being watered down and diluted by this ministry that God is anointing. True ministers that are staying true to the word under the Joshua and Caleb anointing aren't like the ten other preachers in the message and princes that handled the word. And they weren't just common laity. They were princes that Moses chose to go into the promised land and bring back a report. And if you remember, Joshua and Caleb were the only two that said, Let us go up at once, brothers. We are more than able. And our wives and our young people, they can make this rapture. Yeah. And they just shook their head and didn't understand why these other ten brothers that had been in the message, come out of Egypt under a mighty anointing, were still conveying to the congregation That we just need to be careful and and watch everything and the giants and describing and intellectualizing everything about the giants. When Joshua and Caleb, all they saw was victory and our young people being in the promised land and our wives and the rest of the congregation having victory. And they were in a minority. But I believe, I'll just say it tonight, I would rather be in their church any day and in those other ministers that were quoting Moses, quoting Brother Branham, had all kinds of you know PowerPoint, slides, handouts, whatever. But the the, the way that they ministered was not giving the people encouragement to go up and take the land. So we have been empowered by a word expectation. Ministry that has been there and they know the land. I'm going to say tonight, we've been there and we know the land. And we are under a mandate to bring back the congregation, not an evil report, but we're under a, a spiritual commission, bring back a report of the land that would inspire the people, let us go up at once. We're under a promise of we can make it. Now, in the message power of transformation, do you appreciate that? Over the many years, this congregation has been under that anointing. Let's stay under that anointing. In power of transformation, now, Brother Branham's is bringing back to Genesis chapter 1. We don't have time to turn to it. But when the Bible says the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, he said we realize that the water, the Bible said in the beginning back there, the world was without form and void. Who remembers the scripture? It was without form and void. Like all of our lives were. (laughs) This earth was without form and void. There was nothing but a darkness of chaos. Think about it. And if your life is in chaos tonight, let the word minister to your soul and come out of that irregular heartbeat and that feeling of I'm being suffocated and I'm dizzy and I don't have any breath and I don't know where I'm going with this and there's pain up and down my left side, let the Lord give you a new heart, Amen. hallelujah, whether you're young or whether you're old, let there be a transformation, in that dark chaos, he said, What a horrible shape it must have been in! Nothing but the way into darkness yonder, without light or anything, and the churning of the water, and that wandering star twisted around and around the orbits out there somewhere. It's like a lot of people—they're just orbiting around out there somewhere, Uh just wondering, wondering. What? Now I'm bringing it home tonight. What is God's will? What is God's purpose? What should I be rotating around? Where should I be rotating around? Churning of the waters and twisting out there. It must have been a terrific mass of something lost like it was and couldn't find its way. Now remember, we're going deeper tonight. This isn't a salvation message alone. After you've received the Holy Ghost, after you've been saved, Paul was trying to bring them into knowing what is God's will for your life, which is right there where every accountable believer ought to be focusing in on and saying, Lord, your will for my life. I'm being sensitive about that. And God give us the character to operate in that will because you could be doing right the very thing that you're supposed to be doing, but if your attitude's wrong, And how you're approaching it's wrong. You're not going to get the result that our heavenly father has called us to. So he says this mass was lost and couldn't find its way. And that's what, what we become when we become wandering stars away from God. Just without hope. Without God. With just churning around out in darkness. Not knowing when and where we're going. How many remember the bum on the bottom of the bridge that when Brother Branham talked to him, he looked into the city and said, I used to be the, was the bank manager, the president of that bank. He had went from one position to another position. Now he's out on a bridge and it all started with a dear John letter or a dear this. And he came home and his wife and family. Who remembers that? Naturally, the world don't know where they're going. They don't know when to apply things. So are all of us in denominations. Let me me bring it right into home. Even people raised in the message, which I have been. Still wondering and churning. And this and that. But there has to come a day when God begins to move your heart into a transformation. And, And here it is right here. God took that great chaos of darkness and transformed it into a garden of Eden by his word. So it's not the choir or the song leader or another person. It's his word. Begin to thunder out. Come into your life. Maybe it was a witness. Maybe it was a song. Maybe it was a skit. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. I was watching some videos the other day of a Christian school and some of the students were speaking about certain teachers that had been an influence and one of the students or a couple of them said, I gave my heart to the Lord in a service or in a a school day, I'm sorry, and the teacher happened to be sensitive enough to know that this is a searching teenager and they came and they prayed for this. One was a young lady and she remembers that day and when it happened, God met with her. God came to you in your chaos of darkness and transforms it into a garden of Eden by his word. And Now, let's hone in down tonight on this one thought right here. That's how we're transformed by God's word. I'm quoting. When God said, let there be light, and that mass of creation out there came over in under the sun, And begin to revolve around the sun and became a garden of Eden because it obeyed the word of God. Say, Brother John, I want my life to be like a garden of Eden. That's where obedience comes in. That's when the token is being ministered to your life that you can receive that. And every other person in your life, you're able to move them out and say, God, I want this light. I'm laying down here on this pathway, and my heart is gone. I've lost heart. I've lost my heart. I've lost that ability for it to beat in motion with the body. I've lost symphony with the body. And you begin to confess. He's a high priest of your confession. And you begin to move down this pathway toward healing and toward God transforming your situation. Then you begin to move around the S O N. Then the seeds that have been planted there from a little girl and a little boy begin to come out. Stop digging them up and saying, Why isn't this? You know, this and no, let it grow. Let it grow. You are ordained to eternal life. Stay in his presence. Are we all together? I understand it's Wednesday night and we're coming now halfway more than through the service. But this is good for us. We want every part of the body to be transformed. A heart transformation. It's a heart desire. You can have a lot of head knowledge in the mind. And that's where the battleground is. But it's the heart that needs to be changed. Is that true brother Roy? It's always a heart issue. Then as it begins to move out to other parts of the body. Friends, you can make it to heaven without an arm or a leg, but you can't make it there without your heart. And if that part of the body is elected to eternal life, you'll see it on the other side. It'll all be right on the other side. Say, why am I going through this chaos? It's because the word is coming to bring your body subject in obedience to the word of God. It' done the perfect will of God, I'm, I'm quoting again, and it was transformed from chaos into a garden of Eden by the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. This chaos has got to be turned. It's time to turn. It's time to let the Lord start bringing your heart back into where you're beating the heart of God, the thoughts of God. The will of God. Are we all together? He said, that's what we're here for. That's my message. This is Brother Branham about to go off the scene. He's 56 years old. Calling himself an old man. He's 56. That's what we're here for. That's my message has been all along. It's the word of God. We must hold to that regardless of what other things take place. I wish I was with you alone in a room and I was able to read this to you. No matter what's going on in your life, it's the word of God. Take the word of God. That's the gospel. Swallow it down and you let your heart still begin to get in motion with that. Say, everything else is in chaos. No. You let your heart begin to beat with God. Lord, transform my heart, Jesus. Just begin to pray right now. Give me a new heart. Give me a new spirit. Give me a new mind, Lord. I've given my mind over to the things of the trash of the world, but you're turning my mind. Renew my mind. Renew my heart. Give me a new spirit. A new heart. Jesus. I tell you, sometimes we need a good shaking. You wake up and somebody's on you giving you the shock treatment. Sometimes we want to, you know, get off of me. And what are you doing? And little do you know, they brought your heart back. The very one that was helping you, people want to fight again. Get off of me. Or whatever. No, it's God shocking your heart. Praise be to God. Let's say thank you, Jesus, tonight. That's the message, he said. That's the word. We must hold to that regardless of what other things take place. Always stay with the word. Check your motives and objectives. If it's according to the word of God, if it isn't, leave it alone. But if it's with the word of God and lines up with the word of God, then you hold to that. Lord, I'm holding to your word tonight. Like our brother Jonas did some months ago. Diagnosed with leukemia and a blood disease. But he he believed the word of God. He surrounded himself with people that were encouraging him. He believed God's promise that I, I'm taking that gospel. Amen. And we heard it last a few days ago. The report comes back point zero, 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 zero. Amen. No sign of it. Amen. Because the word came in there. Amen. All you say, brother Jonas. No, brother yourself. Sister yourself, Lord, this chaos in this situation, I'm applying the word. Now, Brother Branham said, if just this little group here this morning, uh, he lets it not happen just overnight. But God, he said, we're the ones that get in a hurry. God is never in a hurry. He just says it, and it's going to be. Hallelujah. Any believers here tonight? then I need to be transformed, God. Lord, if I've been impatient, forgive me, Jesus. Don't get impatient with God's timeline. Remember, He has all of eternity. (laughs) Say, I don't see it. I've prayed. It's been six months. It's been three years. Well, God's not in a hurry. He's got eternity. Even if you pass off the scene, those prayers, and his faith just keeps circling right around. Thank you, Jesus. Let us go up and take it at once. Oh, this little group. He said, we're, we're the one that gets in a hurry. God is never in a hurry. For when he says anything, it's got to be. It's just going to be. He lets it take its time. That's kind of amazing. I just want to make a positive confession with you we are not hybrid plants let's just tell our enemy tonight and the devil that's listening in really close probably taking notes we're not hybrid plants we've been transformed in our minds and in our hearts we are genuine born again christians hallelujah just take that devil we don't need to be constantly watered and babied and pampered and given positions in the church. Nobody needs to dote over us and spray us with a bunch of insecticides. We are not hybrid. We are sons and daughters of God. Can you say that back to the devil? I'm not a hybrid. We're genuine plants of our living God. Hallelujah. Brother Branham said in communion, Jeffersonville, not like hothouse plants. You know, you take a plant out of the hothouse, you have to baby it. It don't know the weather. It doesn't know the sunshine and things. It's been covered over and babied. That's what's the matter, he said, with too many so-called Christians. They're hothouse plants. That's right. They're subject to every bug that comes along. And there's an exclamation mark here. That means Brother Branham said it with a little something in his voice. They're subject to every bug that comes along. You know, it's only, he said, the delicate plants that has to be sprayed or the hybrid plants. They were born in a hothouse. They've been covered over. They've been babied for many years. It's really quiet tonight, isn't it? They've been babied, but they don't know the weather. They don't know the sun. They don't know the rain. He's typing that to so-called Christians, they're hothouse plants, subject to every bug that comes along. He said, "It's just the delicate plants that has to be sprayed or the hybrid plants. That's when the word comes out and says, "I'm not a hybrid plant. I want to know the sun." said, so Brother John, I don't want to know the tornadoes and the winds, but that makes you stronger. Your roots go down. So if you've been babied and pampered and realized it's time to mature and grow up, step out of that hothouse plant atmosphere and say, you know what? There's more out there for me to experience. That's why Brother Brenham said in Christ is the mystery. And, and some would take this and feel offended. But Brother Branham said, don't let some pastor or minister or father or mother or associate take this out of you. So don't let something in the church or family or work or whatever take it out of you. You don't need to be babied. Hallelujah. I don't need to be babied. I don't need awards on my wall. I don't need everybody telling me I'm good. I think we need to encourage one another more. I think we ought to help one another. But when it really comes down to it, where the rubber meets the road, God doesn't want a bunch of hybrid plants. And he cares Do you care after the seals. He said, that's what we've done by interbreeding the body. What makes a healthy plant? A germ can hardly get to it. It's these hotbed plants, these hybrid plants. You have to keep sprayed all the time. And many of you has read my message. He said on hybrid religion, keep it sprayed and babied and so forth. Notice, but the real genuine plant don't have to be sprayed. He's the original. Say, well, Brother John, there's things in my life I feel like that maybe I, I could do better in or I feel like I've been pampered. Well, it's time to take the pampers off. And after a year, two years, three years, five years, you better be out of your pampers, huggies. Story brand, I don't know what you were when you were a baby, but when you come of age, it's time to get out there and drive the car. Amen. Hallelujah. Here's the keys. Oh. I oh, don't know if I'm worried. Stop all that nonsense. You might have said that two years ago, five years ago, but God's given you a heart transformation. Take the medicine tonight. Step out of your baby pen and holding on to your mommy's little skirty and your daddy's little pen, you know, We need to just, no, we don't need to cuddle. This is men and women that know their place. Here's your helmet. Here's your uniform. Get out there and fly this plane. Oh, you say, I think it costs $20,000. No, that's $1.5 billion, and here's a 20-year-old. Go out there and fly that thing. Oh, brother, John. No, that's the confidence. If the Israelis can have that kind of confidence, and and the Marines and Air Force can put that into young men and young ladies, what about the message of the hour? 20-something, and hardly don't even know how to have faith. 20 something, and I'm talking spiritually. In the Bible, it was all those that were 20 and up had a revelation. In Testimony on the Sea in Dallas, this is my last quote on this. Remember, you don't get pet Christians. Christians are rugged, they are men and women of God who stand for God regardless of what anybody else has got to say. You don't have to beg them and persuade them and perfume them and baby them around. That's hotbed hybrid plants. It's no good at all. They'll never produce nothing. You know what, friends? Let's be honest. It's happened right in the ranks of the message. They grow right up right among us, and they're hotbed plants. They coddle, perfume, spray them, and that time is over. That's why they haven't produced nothing. But now is the time for the Holy Spirit to transform your heart and give you a revelation. This is my day. This is my hour. Whether you've been raised in it for years or just a few months or a year, this is your land. This is your promised land. You can cross Jordan yourself and go in there and inherit everything in the Word of God. Hallelujah. I I pray God is raising up this generation who will stand for God regardless of what anybody else has got to say. Whatever the internet says, whatever the universities are saying, whatever your job is saying, you have to do it this way. No, God's perfect will, God's perfect will is right in line with the Word of God. And if there has to be a separation from all unbelief, God's raised up a generation. He isn't it hanging on to dad's revelation or mommy's or even the preachers. You've got to have a revelation. You say, oh, brother John. No, it's you saying, God, give me a deeper revelation. I'm going deeper. I'm going further. You say, oh, you're getting proud. No, I'm just repeating back to the devil. I'm not a high plant. Do you all remember our enemy tonight? Said, so "Well, I'm listening, and I'm just kind of watching." Well, let me tell you this: you lose your heart, and you're going to die. Amen. You start, you know, little, you know, thumbing that little thing, and, and start feeding that little spirit. Well, yeah, I don't know that you start. You're going to die. Said, "My heart's out of rhythm, brother John." Or, "This is going on." Or, "This going on." I had them notes a little bit later. Here it is: a heart condition. Causes other symptoms. It causes chest discomfort, pressure on the heart. It causes shortness of breath. People getting dizzy. They they don't know where to go and they start getting dizzy. They're not focused in. It's a heart condition. They start getting tired and fatigued and and Pain starts going down. Maybe their left side, over the heart side of the body, it's reflecting a heart condition. And that's where a believer says, God, if I've got out of sync, or I've got out of harmony, or I've got out of oneness somewhere with you or with one another in the body, the way back is humility. Humility. You cannot be proudful and just think you're the best and you know everything. Just be quiet and listen to the voice of God. I was listening to spoken word as the original seed a few days ago. And Brother Branham made a few statements. I wrote them down. Brother Branham said, I believe it is near the harvest time. That was back in the 60s, Brother Munchy. Back in the 60s, he said, I believe it is near the harvest time. Right. So if that was the 60s, what about 2018? If the coming of the combine was coming in the wheels, are, the combine's coming to take the corn away, and we've got to be ready, and the shucks being pulled, where are we at tonight? Yeah. When we hear that from a prophet's sin, I believe it is near the harvest time. It ought to say, God, take away frolic." Would you like to hear another statement he made all sons and daughters of God are predestinated we're coming back to the main thing here if it's the word of God that gives us a heart transformation that's why we need the word all sons and daughters of God are predestined So you can nail that right down tonight and say, my life has been predestinated. I'm a son or a daughter of God. I'm not just wandering around out there in orbit somewhere. God sent this message for me. God sent a prophet for me. He sent the ministers in our church for me. All the five-fold ministry that that you've been blessed with and have been given a, a, a great expectation of empowerment that when they speak you leave and say praise God honey I'm so thankful that we are sons and daughters of God that our children can know they've been predestinated that though we didn't understand things when we we're a little girl and a little boy but now as we get older we're understanding and it's making sense to us and we're responding to the word Last quote out of spoken word is the original seed. He said, you were made to live forever. That is incredible. When there's so many lights and people that lose hope and lose heart and lose everything. And to have a prophet say, you were made to live forever. Just tell your enemy tonight. You might take my body and all that's going to do is put me into a new body. You might try to take my joy, but the word is my joy. You might try to take my peace, but the Lord has given me a sound mind. And I will give them perfect peace whose mind has stayed on me. It's like the Holy Spirit coming to you saying, will you take my word? Will you receive it into your life? And the bride says, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Something's been changed. There was salvation. There was the new birth. But now it's the will of God and you're focusing in on it. Hallelujah. In conclusion tonight. Brother Branham said in power of transformation. Now you're going to need this as we close. People has lost their common thoughts of decency. People has lost their common decency among one another. They are not like they used to be. I think we can all say amen. He said, man of age, of brothers, and I, and here, and women. People don't act like they used to be. They've lost their common understanding. You say, well, I, I don't know about that. I, I, no, they've lost their common understanding. They've lost their minds. I need you to stay on the train here and don't jump off. The world has lost their minds. And if you're feeding off things of the world, you will lose your mind. And if you lose your spiritual heart, you could be walking around, having business, raising children, in a church, and your heart is far away from God. He said they've lost their common understanding. Here it is. The mental effect that it's had upon the people of these modern scientific day that we're living in has caused people to lose their natural reasonings. There's a prophet saying this. They can't regard somebody, a woman, as a sister, a brother. It's something filthy. Now, friends, the spirit that's on people today does not want to be told they've lost their natural reasonings. You tell a person with a Laodicean spirit, worldly spirit on them, a spirit that's lost their heart for God. You say that you've lost your natural reasonings like a prophet said. They will be very quick to say it. And if they don't say it, they're thinking it. Well, who do you think you are? They'll be quickly offended and will shut you down. They'll shut you down fast They'll stop communicating and their attitude from that moment. Because what's happened, the word has come in there and discerned the situation. And it makes that spirit nervous. And the human flesh of that person don't like it. And if it's not a seed of God or if it's a seed of God out of their place, they'll shut you down. I'm trying to give you a little bit of the heart of God so you'll know in these encounters They'll be quickly offended when you say that they've lost their natural understanding or their common understanding. Brother Branham talked it about their mental effects because of science and what it's done to the people. Is that true? Their attitude becomes one of, well, no one understands me. Nobody understands us teenagers no more. Nobody understands the youth or... No one understands in a church I'm a single mother or a single father. Or nobody really knows because they're all like angels or think they are. And I'm just going through this trouble. And you'll start spinning out into this mind frame, this attitude. Then you'll turn against the very thing or the person that can help you the most. And I'm here to encourage you tonight, when that Spirit is on you, to repel and push it off. And then to say things that's disrespectful or to hurt that officer, hurt that man or woman. Let the Holy Spirit in you. Be honest in the situation. And say, God, give me your mind about this. What is the Word of God? Because many times in the ministry, it's exactly what was needed to be said. It's exactly hit the nail on the target, but it's the human spirit or the flesh that's nervous and gets around that. And, friends, how we need in this hour a transformation to break through all that nonsense and say, God, we don't want to be house, hot house plants, but give us real men and women that are birthed by the word Jesus. Stop playing games in your family and with one another and out in your business. All those that were ordained to eternal life believed. The bride desires, number one, to have our heart transformed. And number two, to have our minds transformed by the word of God. That's what Paul said. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Praise be to God. Lord, bring all this chaos He called it a spiritual chaos in this world by science and education and culture. It's caused a spiritual chaos. And we could go into another message right now. But that is why people that have embraced science and they embrace and even families and even certain nationalities really uh, elevate education. And even with their children or with their young people, little do they know they are feeding them pills of hatred and strife and division. Then they come to the house of God where the word is being preached under a Holy Ghost anointing and little comments and little things and little phrases and things about one another when it ought to be just the opposite. It ought to be, Lord, help us, Lord Jesus. Give us a heart like thine. Give me the mind of Christ. Help me to approach this Lord with the right attitude. Can you say amen? It's good for you and good for me. I say amen. amen. I've got a wife and I've got children. By the way, it's my last service of my whole life to preach with a teenager and my family. And Well, she's married, but it's her last Wednesday night to be a teenager. I don't have any teenagers no more after, after Friday. I'm getting old. <laughs> We're all getting older. But the thing about it is... Lord, we're not going to change the Word of God or the message. We're not going to dilute it down. We come, we go, we raise children and families. But there's something about the bride. We've been empowered with an expectation. We're not hothouse plants. We're not preaching this tonight because somebody emailed it to us or said you need to preach like this. It's the Holy Spirit. And in your family and in your life and in your career or those that are graduating or going on to another grade, it's the will of God we want for you. Who you marry or where you live or what car you drive, go live your life and be happy. We're not dictators and we don't want to be responsible for this and that. It's you being responsible. The keys are in your hands. You've been taught how to drive. You've been trained long enough. You've been in enough classes. Goodness. Sunday school, youth camp, winter camp, summer camp, young people's prayer meetings. Hallelujah. It shouldn't always have to be the pastor, or the elders dealing with that situation. The, the, in the congregation, there ought to be men and women that can take that and say, I'll take that. This is what we need to do. this They don't even need to be bothered. Oh, I'm going into a delicate spot and it's... Time to close. But there's often times the family's older now. You handle that. You deal with that according to the message. You take care of that issue. That's your young person. You go be a friend to them. You go court your daughters. You teach your sons how to work hard and have a living. And love their, husbands, their wives and not abuse them. You teach your families how to have a family altar and be happy and sing around the table and pray and be joyful. If that's the way our services are. Then take that right home. There ought not to be infightings and this. and Well, I can't talk to that brother. I can't go to that sister. How old are you? I'm speaking to myself. Go talk to the brother. Go talk to the sister. Because now we're under. Now this is the final thought. Because the final transformation is going to be the change of our bodies. Hallelujah. The final change will be when this transforming power of God, I'm quoting Brother Branham, that's taken us from the chaos of science and education and the things of the world and the understanding of this modern day has transformed us now into sons and daughters of God. And even death itself can never hold us in the grave. Amen. Hallelujah. Take that devil. That get, that'll give a sister that just think her heart is gone. Her life is gone. She's all alone or nobody knows. God knows. I'm going to take this or the rapture day. I'm going to be a testimony. It could be a brother. It could be a single person. It could be somebody that's had a trouble in their marriage. And they realize they might have to live single the rest of their life. Or uh, some financial issue that's come in, you say, All is lost. All is gone. No, you just need the Holy Ghost to breathe a new heart into the situation. Give new hope again. Come on, friends. People in the world do it every day. There's podcasts, there's all kinds of classes. Just Google it. People are you know self-motivated and they're positive, and they're not even born again. Don't even have the Holy Ghost and don't believe the message. There's enough power of transformation in the, in the word that we are feeding from to change these bodies into a new body. Then while I'm living here, it has enough leadership to give me the right attitude. Tell me who to marry, tell me what job I need to have, how to treat my neighbor. How to humble myself. How to praise God. People in the book of Acts heard the word for the first time. And they glorified God and they praised him. Because they were ordained to eternal life. Surely we've been down the road long enough that we've exercised ourselves enough to know when to praise. When to pray. When to get under a burden. Amen, there's a time for this, there's a time for that. There's a time to bear it alone, there's a time to include another person. One can send a thousand, two, ten thousand. We carry one another many times through the storm, but we get them down off our shoulders. We commit them to God, we give them wine, we give them oil. I'm talking spiritually speaking. Hey, hallelujah, amen, stimulation from the word. Here, plug this in. Listen to this message. man, and a brother or sister, they, they start coming alive. Or forgive me. But I want to be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. No matter what I've gone through in life. When the role is called up yonder. I want to be able to stand there and say, Lord Jesus, I'm present. Amen. Hallelujah. I know you do too. Brother Branham said, I mean that to say that's the truth. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. There is no way, he said, to stop the living word of God. It's got to rise again. There ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. There ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. When I hear the trumpet sound, don't look so sad. I'm gonna get up out of the ground, and so are you. But if we're alive and remaining, we shall be changed also. It's all transformation. Don't get this message down to just book learning and classroom study of the message. There's a life to it. Hallelujah. He said, church, let's stand to our feet. Amen. In invisible union, he said, church, you who I'm speaking to tonight across the nation, if you've separated yourself from denomination... And all the filth and things of this world and all those things that keeps you in man-made creeds and orders and things like that. You separated yourself. Who separated themselves? And I just say, Brother John, you know, you're a young preacher, so I kind of listen and watch you. You might have an attitude like that. That's fine. We've dealt with that all our life. And <laughs> maybe when I'm 60, 70, 80, somebody will listen. You know? I'm just making that point. I don't have a complex. I'm just letting you know. I'm with you here. I'm supposed to be exactly the age I am. And I'm in my 40s. Brother Tim's in his 50s. Brother Tim, Brother Tom's in his 60s. And Brother Ed's in his 80s. Brother Kyle's in his 30s. We got others. Brother Michael's coming up in his 30s. Hallelujah. We every age group. Little children, teenagers, we're there. It's all God screaming out to us. You can make it. Brother Branham said, if you've separated yourself, look up. Look up. Get ready. He said the fire is going to follow one of these days. God is going to let him come and a sight to behold. Would you be ready when he comes? Now as we close now, would you be ready? Would you be ready to go up with him when he comes? Friends, let's be honest here. We don't want to live on some bubble." And go through our services, through the year, through all these experiences, and one of you not have this in your heart. We're learning to we we're, we can slow it down. We can talk quietly. We can sing a slow song. We can sing a rejoicing song. But the main thing is the heart issue. How's your heart? That's the main thing. I'm not worried about right now. I'm worried about tonight when you go home, tomorrow morning, your affairs on Friday and by Saturday. It's not just like we're taking spiritual drugs all the time and you got to be around the saints and you got to go to church to get your little drug. No, God lives in your homes. He lives with you. And if you're a believer, you want to get with the saints. We want to be at every service. But I'm speaking, not just figuratively, but literally, we don't want it to become like hothouse plants where we're living off the anointing of one another. And we're surrounded by a lot of positive type A people. And we're just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we go out and we're falling flat on our face. That's not right, friends. That is not the gospel. The gospel ought to be, Lord, help our people. Help our sheep. Help the marriages. Help the young. Help the old. Help the elderly, Jesus. Help all our families through June here. We're going through a lot of exams and things, as a body, it's a stressful time, then, Lord, let's let off the pressure. Give a new heart to that person. Give a new spirit to them, Jesus. Give a missing limb to them if they have needed. Just let it come right out, Jesus. What song are you going to play, Brother Ben? You can just play that. He said, the secret rapture of the supernatural bride shall be made from mortal to immortality, be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye which are alive and remain, shall not prevent them which are asleep. As we bow our heads, let's let Jesus speak to us now. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. This is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last days. Who would confess tonight and admit, we're in the last days? And the Lord's not going to lose you or one of his loved ones. This is the will of him that has sent me, Jesus said, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Do we believe that tonight? I believe true disciples are hanging on every word. Before you can have faith for someone else, there must be a transformation in your own heart. In your own faith. Then you begin to apply that to those around you. My brother's in need. My sister's in need. This situation, God. What is your acceptable, perfect will in this matter? I'm giving it to you, Jesus. I'm committed that to the Lord. I wonder if we can bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father. We pray for the body tonight. We don't pray for ourselves only. But we pray that the heart of God would settle in upon all of us, Jesus. We're affected every day in the news, in the media, and things we deal with, people losing heart, losing faith, losing strength, losing health, losing their minds. We see it even creeping in among us. And it becomes even familiar among us, Lord. And I pray that you'd give us wisdom. Give us the understanding and the mind of Christ about how to approach these things and when to call it what it is, that that's nothing but the devil. It's Satan that has come in and trying to rob one of God's sheep. One of God's men or women is down. Give us wisdom and the heart of God, Jesus, is there anybody here that would open up their heart right now and say i'm asking the lord for that right now maybe it's for yourself maybe it's for a loved one but you'd like to say lord i need to be transformed in my mind in my heart i want to bear your will lord in my life in salvation in your holy spirit in revelation and then how does that apply to these other things that are so important god Yes, God bless you all over, about half the congregation or more. Just saying, God, on a Wednesday night, I'm looking up to you, Lord. My faith, my faith is in you, Jesus. Turning my eyes upon Jesus. I'm letting him know again that I believe him, I trust him. God, if we've been in a hurry, would you forgive us, Jesus? If we've got impatient with the timeline, And we've lost strength, Lord, because we haven't saw it happening the way that we thought. I pray that that eternal thought and the eternal revelation would drop down into our hearts. And Lord, we don't want to use those big words if if a young one is choking on that. Would you reveal yourself? Would you put your hand in the right places? Would you put the key in the lock, Lord, that would be exactly, that would bring entrance, Lord, that that door that's been shut and rusted. Would you put oil, Lord, on those hinges and put the key in the lock and turn it. And may we see ones among us, Lord, begin to move out there now, Lord. And maybe there has been immaturity. Maybe there has been missteps in certain areas. Maybe that we haven't exactly understood, but you're giving us understanding. And we want to have the heart of Caleb and Joshua and those that went in. Forgive us if we've been slack and slothful, God, and looked behind us when we should have just stayed running and going and not looked around and then right at the very end, Jesus, we trip up or Something happened, Jesus. Forgive us of our sin. Cover us by the blood. And May we rise up out of that, Lord, and move forward when the smoke and fog of wars passed away, and the morning sun comes up over the horizon. I pray that there would be men and women from this church standing like Stonewall Jackson. Say, by the grace and mercy of God and by his word, here we are, Lord. And being able to be presented to you at that day, faithful and true. I wave my hand tonight and say, oh, Lord Jesus, let me be one of those, Lord. And let us be part of a body and a team that's working together like that. Pray that you're anointing upon all of us, Lord Jesus, how we so desire at this time even in June now, Lord. I pray you'd strengthen our families and individuals and our assembly. It's such a busy time. Let us learn to fall down on our knees or turn to a scripture. Maybe listen to that message, power of transformation or invisible union or take one of those thoughts and say, Lord, I've been predestinated to live forever and feed on that and stop a little bit and say oh God let all the other thoughts fade away all the other things be gone Jesus as we go tonight Lord strengthen us feed us Lord continually individually and your will be done Jesus we pray we thank you God thank you Jesus thank you Father Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. Let's sing that song. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. You turn around and shake hands with somebody, encourage them, say, God bless you, pilgrim. Amen. Remember Friday night prayer meeting, amen. You're dismissed tonight. God bless all of you. Remember the weekend meetings.